mystery and horror, the air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. Hi everyone and welcome to the Monsters Up North podcast. It's a monster podcast and it's hosted by me, Sam. And I am joined as always by Dan from Bleed and Marvelous. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. <laughs> and today we are joined by cosplay extraordinaire, Jessica Fox. Now I hope it's okay me saying your surname because usually I just call you Jessica. <laughs> Hi guys. What? It's another monster, monster mayhem. Can't wait to get into this one. I just want so much explained to us. It's unreal. <laughs> this was heavy. This was a this was a this was a fun research, yeah, but a hard one at the same time. Yeah, because so, it's not um, when we do the the Universal monsters. The mm -hmm. films are an hour and ten long or something, and yeah. they are not really ram packed with action and consequence and CGI and puppetry no. and all this stuff. And we're like we're like okay, yeah, A B C D E F end. And this was like. Jesus Christ, I feel like I've been through the alphabet five times now. I'm like, yeah. And, I, and now I don't even know if I'm saying it right. So What's my name? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do the disclaimer and then we'll get into ZM. <laughs> Xenomorphs. So everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and it's our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group all the comments section and we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind and keep the toxic behavior out of nerdism. Thank you. You're welcome. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. So xenomorphs or xenomorphs, however <laughs> way you want to pronounce it, the species that made its debut in 1979 in the film Alien designed by H.R. Geiger. We'll go with that. Yep. Created, <laughs> though, by Dan O'Brannan, Ronald Shusett, Carlo Rambaldi, I'm very sorry, and Ridley Scott. <laughs> there hey, is some... Better than my pronunciation. Oh, honestly, I am terrible. I'm the worst. I shouldn't even be pronouncing names. <laughs> there is some places in the universe you don't go alone, but today's subject is the reason why... So we give you xenomorph, xenomorph, xenomorphs. <laughs> so the first question and the only question, what makes a xenomorph a good monster? We'll go to Jess first. I love how you do that <laughs> every week. <laughs> so Jess, what makes a xenomorph? It's honestly, it's the only question I ask. What makes a xenomorph a good monster? Oh, it's the, for me, it's because it's, it's, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's what? I'll try that again. I'll put that I thought so. Yeah. That's Thank you. exactly what it is. Try that again. <laughs> um, it's the fact there's no like personality to it. It's just out to kill. It doesn't have a face. There's no way of knowing how it's reacting to anything. It's just a pure apex predator. You don't know how it works. You haven't, in the films, I've seen none of the characters have any because they've never come across it. Mm -hmm. You're in full terror moment if this is a brand new creature. You don't know why it's doing it. 
you don't know where it's come from what is what you have to deal with um mm -hmm. one of the great things obviously i like about the film is the first time i realized with blood you can't just shoot this thing it's going to damage you just as much as it does it um, yeah which is really terrifying like something you literally can't manually kill you've got to be more intelligent than that to get rid of it bloody good answer that was a bloody good answer can you top it down no no <laughs> <laughs> no I, I mean for me it's the whole principle and the concept of uh the the defense mechanisms and the exoskeleton and just the whole idea of how many moving parts there are for it to become what it is yeah you know i mean it <laughs> You've, you've got all the different moving bits like the egg, then the face hugger, then the chest burster, then the adult. And then, you know, and then if we're going on to the other parts, there's like, I think there's a total of 12 different movie versions of a xenomorph in the alien movies that I could that I could find. I, I, stand, I know someone's going to correct me, but that's just in the movies from Alien all the way through to AVP2. Um I think that was the last one it was in. So, but yeah, it's it's there's so many work. Like, if the face hugger doesn't freak you out because it goes down your throat and implants the egg, then the chest burster coming out of someone's chest doesn't freak you out. Then dying through being dripped acid upon or having your face punched out by an internal stapler, you know yeah. what? The, uh, you know, there's so many moving parts to it. I just find it absolutely fascinating that this will come yeah. from people's minds. And it's too much for you to sort of comprehend. So that yeah. that then adds to the fear factor of the whole thing because you're like, I don't like it. I don't I don't know it. I don't like it. That's exactly my answer. I am I have watched the first three movies yesterday, and I am no further forward with telling you where <laughs> or how or what this alien does means, where's it come from. Like I am so confused on the whole lore of things. Like, how the fuck did Sigourney Weaver get pregnant with one? I am still a bit miffed by it. I, I, did I blink? Did I miss something? Did I, I? I don't know. But what really got me was the design, was the actual look of them, was the the oh, the, 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 the the fear that it can give you, given how much damage this one thing can actually do. With it, like you're right, with all these kind of like moving parts around it. So yeah it's just a very well put together monster in so sure. many different forms yeah i mean when you go to the extremes or when you look at it from how how the hierarchy works with them as well it's like mm -hmm. every every version has a part to play i mean you've got your drones you've got your warriors i mean to be fair i can't remember which way round it is so i'm not going to try and guess but i'm in the first movie the design was very very different to the second yes. movie um, yes. and that that was a lot to do with cameron and geiger because they wanted to show a difference in the hierarchy of the uh aliens themselves yep. to then reflect upon the queen being the next one up and they wanted to just yep. show that there was this like way that, of the well, land that is one of my interesting facts oh was that it was the the second the second variant as they class them of xenomorph xenom i'm gonna call it a xenomorph okay i've called it all my life i'm not changing it and <laughs> um, 
Cameron wanted to update it to the Warriors. So it's the drones in the first one, Warriors in the second one. But it was a way of determining these Warriors protecting the hive. Right. So that was my interest, one of my one of my factoids. I have been so fascinated by the whole design of this that that's really all I've concentrated on on my research because trying to get my head around the lore of things has been just, I can't. There's so many, yeah, there's so many different ones because, I mean, the law to a point prior to Covenant and uh, Prometheus coming out was that there was an origin planet called Xenomorph Prime and that, like, Transformers land, yeah, where they all come from. (laughs) And um, Optimus's pals. (laughs) Yeah, they're just neighbours, you know, they're just on the next one over. But it was literally that that was the law. There was a, a planet they came from and then... They came and wreaked havoc where they could. Um, But then when the AVPs come in, they made it out like the Predator's job all along has been to always clean up the the aliens' messes. And that's why the Predators get annoyed and come and fight them because it's like, oh, here we go again. They're trying to take over another planet. We're not having it. We're the guardians of whoever because... Mm. But then when you get into Prometheus and and Covenant territory, David, man, makes a Neomorph so and he engineers it himself so it's like neomorphs are supposed to be the predecessors to the xenomorph and it's like how can it be a predecessor if it's made by david but they already had a home planet according to the original law so i think it's somewhere along the line there's parallel time we're talking some marvel timeline multiverse shit that we must be because i can't i can't follow that one with the alien films, it's going to end up doing um, essentially what Halloween's done, where you have one and two, you have mm. kills and ends, they're all a little section, and then you have the four. You've got the alternative Jamie Lee Curtis universe where she becomes a teacher and she moves off there, um, and then you've got uh, her name's escaping me, the little Danielle, girl. Danielle, 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 Danielle Harris. Harris. Yes timeline as well so you've essentially got like three different halloween timeline or four tom atkins um not forget tom atkins yeah. don't ever forget tom atkins that five, five if, we're, in, five if we're technically going into rob zombie but we you know do we have to um, did that happen <laughs> <laughs> aliens kind of done the same thing so really you've got now oh i'm gonna love watching you explain this <laughs> the first one prometheus and coven uh covenant are all mixed in together. They're all actual yeah. Ridley Scott's official story. Yeah. Right. Because Aliens 2 is James Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, 3, I'm always kicked 3 gets kind of... David Finch. Yes, David Finch. David yeah. Finch. This guy yeah. is an absolute cult status guy. Um, and it gets slept upon 3, and I'm always really good because it's actually brilliant. It's I got a hell of a cast. From a really fucking loved it. Well, um, well, false four. False four. That's exactly what my husband said. Force four. four. <laughs> Someone known to ride a bullshit on number four. Yeah. So I love when on ride. It's the only film I absolutely despise. I remember I'm like, she's <laughs> not fit in this universe whatsoever. Um, I went to the cinema to see four, and it was the only film I considered asking for a refund on. <laughs> <I was> like, <gasps> 
Oh, I'm so, I nearly came close to watching it last night, but then it was like half ten by the time that one had finished third and the third one. And I was like, I said to my husband, I, I, I get the title Resurrection now. And he's get you got there. And I said, well, I didn't fucking know Sigourney Weaver died at the end of the third one. <laughs> I really enjoyed the third one, though. There is as well, because there's the, um, I think it's Neil Blomkamp is fighting to mm -hmm. do his version, which will carry on from the end of two. So Newt will actually survive. Yeah. And the story will move through her and kind of, you know, briefly will age out. We'll be following Newt, but it's one of those standard Hollywood things, right? While one set of films is happening, the next can't yeah. happen until there's a gap. Um, yeah. Um. I didn't, the one thing I didn't like, so the, the first two, the alien looks amazing. It looks practical. It looks, it, you can tell puppetry. You can tell, you, you know, you can tell costumes and put, like you can see where the practicality has come into it. The third one. So if they are coming and peekabooing out of a side door or a side <laughs> wall, that's definitely somebody in a costume. If they are going across the screen, that is not somebody in a costume. That is some CGI bullshit right there. Well, this leads me to one of my facts about how they say that the aliens can mutate depending on what they've fed on. The 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 chest, you know, the facehuggers, chestbursters. That's why the dog alien that everybody calls the dog alien is the way it is because apparently it, they say it fed on some sort of canine and then it mutated into the way it is or some some sort of animal that's you know um uh it does falling. yeah in the film yeah. it's a rottweiler that's uh, it yeah. and it, i didn't know what to make of that whole scene i was like should i be watching this like it, <laughs> animals getting hurt but then there's a funeral going on at the same time well what are you, where, should, where should my eyes go yeah they're basically saying that the it has the genes of uh, a xenomorph have the ability to adapt and mutate to its host so it will still be a xenomorph with a traditional look to it but it it can be any which way uh that the the host um can present itself so a so god it kind of inherits the horse really like yeah really. I mean, I'd dread to think if it crossed with a gorilla or something, that'd be horrifying. Oh my God, imagine Kong. Christ. Kong and a xenomorph. Jesus. Well, it's, with the third one, there's something really cute with, obviously, the, the puppeteering. Cute. I was trying to do the dog version. So mm. the, one of the SFX artists who was working on it, they attempted to build the puppet across his dog, which was a whippet. Yeah. Yes. Natural dog reaction, like moving. Um but obviously it didn't work out, which is why we've got kind of an awkward version. Mm -hmm. But I want to see footage of this Whippet. But I, ha I have seen the brand. pictures of the Whippet with the, the costume on to the best they could do to this poor Whippet. But I have seen the picture of that. It's fucking adorable. It really <laughs> is. But that comes down to another one of my um, factoids. Is the design of the suit, obviously biochemical, incredibly, as much as, like, as possible. But yet organic in nature. And they did this with KY jelly and condoms. Yes. Yes. Wow. And I even wrote <laughs> down shiny look and drool. <laughs> Just to make sure I was clear which one was which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of that, that's now that's practical to an extreme. 
it worked i would never have said they use the condoms to tie into the jaw so that when it opens that all the sinewy muscle mm. is supposed it's blah, blah. yeah that <laughs> i tried my damnedest throughout the first one to like really play close attention to the alien i wanted to see i wanted to see if did it crawl did it stand like i just wanted to know more about and i'd like hell could i make out and i'm going well that's the point you're not really meant to make out what it is you're looking at you're meant to like kind of piece it together yourself and i'm like well this doesn't help my research in the slightest i need to see this thing do you know why though he was only on screen the alien for a total of four minutes in the original film four minutes four minutes and that's why it's more about when you watch Ridley Scott versus Cameron, Cameron's about the big, he's like the Michael Bay of sci-fi. Yeah. He? He's like big bangs and big impressive things. And Ridley Scott's like suspense and is it around the yeah. corner? And, you know, and and it worked for Ridley Scott's. It worked that level of of anticipation or, or suspense, you know. Um, but yeah, four minutes a total of four minutes and when i read that fact i was like that can't be right and i was i was like researching it more and more to try and back it up and they were like yeah no everywhere says total of four minutes i'll uh, try oh Crazy. sorry jess when i was reading the first one it's interesting because it's kind of altering there's many altering views on how it was meant to come across like what the base point of it was and it's interesting because it's things there's like a mix between two ideas of a insect-like apex predator yeah um, there is supposed to be near the end um the ending was changed like multiple times because they were never quite happy with how it's going to end one of the choices was is that it actually just curls up and that's it it has like almost like a mayfly like a very short lifespan from egg to through it only has a very short space mm-hmm that was kind of thrown out a little bit you can see that james cameron kept the insect idea because it is they are like yeah. kind of bees. there's a hive you look after the queen you go out and do what you do the other side of it is questionable um it was that it was more of a and i'm going to be very careful about how i word this because this can cause trigger words that i don't want to put in um more of a it, it was out to reproduce it was out to do oh, yeah. not, not with eggs um and that was a concept in it that it was going to try and reproduce physically with ripley ew um ew there is <laughs> ew. a slight thing in there with one of the characters and it's very very subtle and it's it's also kind of a problem with editing uh the character of lambert which is the other female character in the team is this on the first one when she dies uh she's not actually wearing anything on her bottom half it's bare legs that you see hanging um and that was put in purposely because that was the aspect of going for that it had tried with lambert oh right it do it. um so it was hunting down ripley um you can see they've kept the concept in a sense that it's always looking to reproduce in a way like yeah the system is not refined enough it needs more um but it's a strange thing that that was kind of the concept is like this thing wasn't just out to kill <laughs> it was out to, to well, that, that's, well, that's um, the whole idea of them isn't it especially like when you you look at two 
that's all that that is happening is this massive hive is being built this queen is just spitting those eggs out and mm -hmm. i i have some annoying annoying moments when it comes to this franchise prometheus being my main one um them running through that with that thing that circular thing and not one, one of them not one of them decides to just step, step aside <laughs> yeah just step aside and that thing will just keep going where it's going it ain't gonna chase you it's gonna fall on you or anything it's just step aside it really annoyed us the second one is aliens when she's leaving the when she's leaving the queen and the queen because she's not gonna hurt the eggs allows her to leave mm -hmm. and then she fucking she blasts them anyway but in two minutes time that whole place is gonna go up in smoke anyway she put a she put herself in a situation she did not need to be in because if she just got her renewed out onto the ship where bishop was that place was going up anyway and oh do you know what the queen was going with it too oh she made some really bad decisions on that film she really <laughs> did she was Brilliant. not thinking with her head have you um heard the thing from james cameron about how he got sigourney weaver back i've seen a couple of different stories so i'm not it's i haven't really settled on one he did a the, the gq where they bring a, a director in and go like we're going to work through your work now everything you did um and he's talking about alien too and it's really really funny because he mentions like she didn't want in on it she was mm -hmm. done after the first one her agent was like no we're not coming back for like this just isn't our type of film um the studio were kind of like you can't do it without it he's like i can he wrote a story completely without a needed just the marines um but he did it he basically tricked her into the movie because he called um a friend who had the same agent and went, yeah, yeah, we've got a main actress. Yeah, yeah, I've got someone signed on. We don't need Scorny. It's like within 24 hours, her agent was on the phone going like, uh, excuse you, no, she wants in on this film. <laughs> um, and it's so cheeky of a way to get something to a movie. Because I know that with the third one, I heard that uh, she, after the two, she was like, I'm done. I don't want to do any more. You know, this is, it, it, I've got two young kids or she had a young kid at the time and she was like, I'm done. And they said, um, okay, would you come back for $11 million, which was more than the original budget for number one? Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, if you deliver it to my house. So they turned up and gave her the check then and there to do it. And she was like, fuck, I've got to do it now. <laughs> and then they, uh, she joked, she made a joke. She said, oh, if you give me more money, I'll shave my head. Mm -hmm. They gave her more money. She shaved her head. She also gets a producing credit in that movie as well. I noticed. Yeah, noticed when the titles were coming up. Because I was still mind blown that it was David Finch who did, directed it. I was like, whoa, did not see that coming? Genuinely thought up until yesterday, Ridley Scott directed them all. I'm not even joking. I didn't I I like the Alien franchise work. It's just it's casual watching. I did I've never really like paid so much attention like what i've had to yesterday so i was like oh my god didn't know james cameron directed the second one david well, finch cameron, did the third one <laughs> cameron was hated absolutely hated because what happened was they filmed it at pinewood studios in london the second mm -hmm. one and all of the cast and well the majority of the cast and crew had worked on alien um and they always like they were this is ridley's baby 
who are you this brash american fella coming in and putting your hollywood all over this what what are you doing taking jobs um, taking jobs from the geordies <laughs> and he was like he was like no trust me guys it's gonna be great yeah just hands hollywood <laughs> smile i'm just covering guys <laughs> yeah and they hated him so much even he tried to do a screening of the terminator to try and show them <laughs> You know, look at, this, look, at, look at what I can do. Yeah, basically it was. It was like a look at what I've done. Please love me. And um, no one came because they were so determined. They were like, no, screw you. We, we're not interested in you. This is Ridley's baby and you've stolen it, you know. Um, but the reason why you know it's a Cameron movie, apart from the bigness of it, is the whole James Remar thing, mm -hmm. which I don't know if you know about. Um James Remar, who used to, who was in the Warriors and also was Dexter's dad in Dexter, um, yes, he, yes, he got fired. He was actually Hicks. He played Makes Hicks. Sense. He filmed about they said about just under half of the movie until he got asked to leave because he was on the disco biscuits a bit too much and wouldn't turn up on set. It was really <laughs> just like this this really horrible atmosphere. So Michael now. Forgive me, I don't know whether it's Bean, Bean. Bane. Yeah, I say Bane, but some people I say Bean. Bean. So, oh, well, well, what I really say is Kyle Reese. It's all <laughs> that's he gets called in our house. And that's why he got brought in, because he'd already worked with Cameron on Terminator. Yeah. And then he was like, yes, no, this guy's fantastic. We'll bring him in. So they brought him in to take the place of James Remar. But James actually features a lot in Aliens. All the shots of Hicks's back. Uh-huh. It's James, and it's I feel not like I knew this. It's yeah, and it's not. It's not Michael. Coincidentally, I was stood next to my. Well, my stall was right next to Michael on uh, at Telford. Him and his wife were there, and it's just one of those surreal moments where you're just like looking over. Well, Will Meller was next to him, and that made it even weirder, though. To be fair, wow, just, that like, is crazy. <laughs> just... I, I had one of those moments there uh, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, bloody hell, months ago now. Um, Sylvester, Sylvester McCoy. Just sat, just sat just sat right next to us and halfway through the day we never the guy was so busy we never spoke at all until halfway through the day carolyn went over and went uh do you want a biscuit <laughs> he was good. Wow. He was good. yeah i'll have a biscuit and uh, he was just he was such a sweetheart but it was just so surreal i'm like i'm sitting next to sylvester mccoy i've just Brilliant. watched him in the monsters recently <laughs> um michael being all calories um, he never gets called his name in my house it's always calories the minute i saw him on screen knew he was gonna die he dies in everything he does he is like the sean bean yeah but for americans brilliant there's not one thing that you can see he's been and he's not died in because he was super pissed because they wanted to bring him this is one of the very many rumors i don't know how true it is obviously i'm facting but i i can't fact check everything but yeah he <laughs> apparently he uh they wanted him to come back in three and be the synthetic in three um oh. and he turned around and said no you killed me you know i'm off you know there's no amount of money yeah. you can pay me i'm still pissed you killed me off so um they had to obviously ditch that idea and move on. So the only I've read about the, the controversy with him with three was um he refused to film his death. Was that what it was? 
they wanted him to be in it so you could actually see the moment like that Hicks dies. Like, you know, you need to see it happen. Um, and he refused. So they're actually using his body cast from two that they had. And it was like, we'll just have to kind of use that, patch it up. Um, oh, can he not just like get money for that? Casts. For his likeness um, or not? Or is it because like his face can be kind of like messed up to where it's not, you, you couldn't tell it? Yeah, it was just, I think it was just very much kind of he threw his toys out the pram. It's like, well, if I'm not going to be in it, I'm not showing up for five minutes. I'm really glad it's not. You're doing you. You see how you can do that without me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad they didn't go down the synthetic route because it really, it, I, I love the fact that she had trust in them again with Bishop. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that they didn't go down that route because then they kind of, I trust kind of like, oh, good God, like where does it go from there? Um, but I love Bishop, but very confused at the end when Bishop walks up and he's like, no, I'm the real person. I created him. And I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> you've the whole taken... Wayland thing. Yeah. yeah, you've just mm -hmm. taken everything that was so special about that character and fucked it up in two minutes. <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> I know they might wanted to give Lance Hendrickson some more, you know, than just being a half a body on a table. But I was incredibly disappointed that that's the route they went down. Is that he had he was playing a real life version of the person who created Bishop. I thought it was such a cop-out. But then I love the fact that she jumped off the thing anyway and just give them the middle finger and she died. <laughs> but I did like that film. I thought it was great. Um, my Another one of my factoids. So again, it's just based off the actual design that H.R. Geiger insisted that the xenomorph lacked anything resembling eyes mm -hmm. so it can appear completely and utterly soulless. Yeah, he also didn't want empathy with the character. He wanted you to to fear it. He didn't want you to to feel anything other than what was intended. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I get guess. it. <laughs> yeah, funny that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the design he did he did. So I had made sure I found this out because I know that I I hesitated with when we talked about creature. And we talked about Melissa and Patrick's actual contribution. So I found that Geiger did design, sculpt, and create every single alien that has ever been on film. He did. Wow. wow. So I had to make sure I was uh, <laughs> I was knowledgeable on that because I know I hesitated with Millicent, but I wanted to I wanted to know indefinitely because I know I read today about how what was his name the guy who create who actually created him. Um, Dan o, Dan O'Bannon is the creator of he come up with this idea of this alien and he then took it he then found this fucking whacked out eccentric guy from and I can't I, it's one said Switzerland one said Germany I'm not sure where he I know from. his museum's in Switzerland I do know that um, right. I'm, I'm not sure if he was German and then moved to Switzerland yeah. or vice versa yeah, so he he went. He, he knew about his work, and it was it was like machinery mixed with skull, mixed with bigness, mixed with bio. He just he everything. He he was like he was so terrified by it, but yet so intrigued by its beauty. And it's like it was that was in his head all along, and the guy who could actually put it to paper. It was it was weird how I read it, um, but he that's how it came about. But he wanted 
not full control he was happy to to work like to work with people but he really had such a passion when creating these aliens did you know though that geiger didn't receive any credit for the design on number three usually in the credits Shit, did he not no so he wrote a strongly worded letter to fox <laughs> telling them that he's done they can't use them anymore you know nice um and they said oh, we're terribly sorry it was an oversight and he ended up in the vhs home release being in the credits because i had to redo the credits just to put him in it for the home release to try and say okay yeah we can make four it's okay we can use the you know the likeness for the next mm -hmm. one now yeah because they made such a big <laughs> well i think that's because because he's done all the the sculpture and design like he that's pretty much his baby regardless yeah. that the idea come from somebody else that's still his <laughs> so yeah i can imagine him holding on very tight to that if the I, I've, I'm sure I saw his name in the third one, but that was played on Disney Plus. Yeah. So that's, that's obviously I imagine it's changed. there now. Yeah. But there's, <laughs> some, there's something that the, the Geiger heads, I don't know what they're really called, what their nicknames are, but the guys that are absolutely like into Geiger, they, they, there's like these things where they, they say it's like, um, very sexual the, the, all the artwork it's very sexual in its nature. Yeah. Um, and, and like how, um, you don't look, like you can look perfectly at one of the pictures and on first glance there's nothing really sexual about it but it's something to do with like the phallic nature of all very the, very phallic. um the, the, yeah the tentacles and we're going into the hentai realm here but you know what i mean it's like there's all the that sort of, yeah this it's it, they chose him because they wanted to make it feminine yet still very scary and Geiger had a, ch a way of making these things beautiful whilst mm -hmm. being really ugly at the same yeah. time. Utterly terrifying. Mm. I Horrible. think the Geiger, you know, his class really is the, he is the godfather of what he classes biomech. Yeah, um, that's the word I've been looking for. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I absolutely adore Geiger's stuff. Um, between him and Clive Barker, it kind of explains me ever so slightly. Um, when yeah. I have a shiny or, um, <laughs> but chrome. <laughs> um, <laughs> films you shouldn't be watching when you're a young child because it corrupts you as an adult. Um, ah, we're well adjusted. Oh, shapes us. It depends. It depends how you look at it. It can either shape us or really create something else. <laughs> But no, it's when you look at some of the artworks he did, even things that aren't necessarily stuff that made it into Alien. You can mm -hmm. see where the concept was coming in. There is a brilliant one, and it is um, it's kind of like a cybernetic woman. It's all the tentacles, is the hair and everything. I feel like I can see this in my third eye. But there is there's a moving like kind of a, a digital creation of it where there is something very very phallic that is constantly kind of moving and going down the throat and coming back um it looks like a mechanism that's constantly working but you can see it's exactly what the face hugger was doing right but obviously it puts ah, on it yeah. it and then it implants it here you don't swallow it it literally forces it all the way down the throat um and you can see, obviously, this is all from Geiger. That when they've mm -hmm. been looking through mountains of his work, they've not. 
it's strange because some of it you don't see in Geiger's stuff. Some you do, some you don't. Some mm. of the stuff they've adapted themselves. But the concept, the ideas, are definitely heavily based on a mind that is... I don't think anyone will understand Geiger's mind. No. Don't a playground of just... Yeah, I think he's the only person who would ever understand what he was doing. When he yeah. Was doing this it's, it's always said that it was very phallic. The, yes. the, the design of him um the 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 mouth was so interesting to us when i was looking up about earlier because i could i don't know when it happens or if does it happen straight away but their jaw kind of like extends yeah like hinges, that, yeah yeah but does that happen see i was trying to again i was concentrating so much on every aspect of this design and when that mouth opens up and then you've got the one from the inside, which I tell you what, I absolutely adore that noise when it come when the mouth comes out and you can hear it and you can hear and you hear all like the obviously it's acid coming. Ah fucking love that noise. Um but I couldn't see the jaw extending like how it described in this uh article well not article, but fact sheet thing I was reading earlier. So I didn't know if that's something that came in later or was I not really paying attention? Just how like... the first one is that's what you see the first time it really comes onto screen and it's its head protrudes forwards. I can't mm -hmm. that's what happens. It's a very slow pull that happens that you realise this thing now opens and then this thing extends forward out of its mouth. Mm -hmm. yeah. It would be if I'm thinking rightly, it's the scene in the rafters. Um which I love because now there's so many high def versions of it. If you turn your brightness up, you can see it's been set up there the whole time when the guy comes in. What? And the water's going. You can see it's curled up and it's sat watching him as he's looking through the chain. Oh, no, you've just made us go cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's great. I, I love the idea that it was this hidden thing that you, you really had to look for it. But when it first released, it was too dark. You couldn't see it. But it is there. Oh, I'm going to do it. It's kind of just all coiled up in itself and it... It yeah, I love the me, idea. It's there and you can't see it. It took um, me a while to realise that it was on the ship at the end. Yeah. Even though I have seen this film God knows how many times. It's still... Because I think yesterday I really was paying attention. Like, I've probably watched this, like, having conversations, being on my phone. But yesterday I was really trying all my concentration on this. And I'm, like, sitting there going, what the fuck? It, it, oh, my God. And it's, like, it's like right in the... I, levitated when it moved um Ridley Scott wanted her to die at the end he wanted the alien to win Mint. he would have won in the end no because then Jonesy like no 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 because oh, Jonesy it, the idea was is that it, when they have their kind of showdown it, she doesn't win it literally goes through a helmet and it's meant to oh. sit down in the chair and it mimics uh, Ash's voice and says what you know, we're stuck now and we're just waiting for help. If anyone's no. out there luring it and giving it this more human perspective to it. But uh, the studio hated the idea that you could not end a film with the main character dying. Like, I mean, <laughs> that would have been groundbreaking for the 70s to have your main star go through all of that to just die at the end. That would have been, that's a ballsy move. Mm -hmm. But Jonesy is sat with her. So no, because then he goes and hurts the cat. Not having Please that. You, you've read um, someone did a mini novelization of Alien from the perspective of Jonesy. 
No, I have not. And it is hilarious. Um, <laughs> all, it's the whole film, just from the cat's perspective. Like, he lists the people on the crew are human tin openers. And <laughs> Xenomorph is just a, bit, it's a big hairless kitty. Brilliant. Wow. Um, I'm, still, I'm still convinced that Joan Z is a flurkin. Somebody said that my phone must have known what I was watching yesterday because nothing but Alien and Xenomorph fan pages came coming up with suggestions. And there's one with um, the alien hugging Jonesy. And I put it on my, I, I thought I've shared it to the group, but I didn't. I put it on mine. And Beth messaged, Beth commented and went, Oh my God, is that Goose the Cat? Has <laughs> that been Goose the Cat the whole time? And I was like, he, he is it. Jones is a flurkin, I swear. But then there's another tie to Marvel, isn't there? You know when um, Bruce, I, I want to say it's in the Avengers, not Age of Ultron. I want to say it's Avengers, um, where Bruce, as the Hulk, falls through the ceiling and ends up naked. And the little security guard pokes his head up and goes, you fell through the ceiling there, my friend. Mm -hmm. That's... That's Harry Brett. Stanton. Yeah, it's Harry Dean Stanton. So mm -hmm. to tie it in, I mean, I like the idea of Jonesy being a flurkin. I don't know why. It just makes it just makes me think, well, he has tentacles on the inside and Alien is canon canon in Marvel because Tom Holland. Yeah. Directly he's... references later, just see that yeah, old yep. movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That old movie where they shot the and they did the actual alien release thing that she does in Let's count how many times did she do that? Three times. Second uh -oh. one, she drops one. Second one, she opens a shaft and it drops out. First one, she opens a shaft and it drops out. Right. Third one, she didn't actually do it on that one, so she did it twice. She did the same thing twice. She I mean, didn't land yeah. the first time. She knew how to get rid of them. Just open the door, <laughs> and they'll have this giant queen. Just swimming around in space. Where's it going to land? Who the fuck knows? Um, I'm still upset with Marvel that they changed um, the cat altogether. Because that cat is not called Goose. That cat is called Chewy. And they completely changed that cat from the comics to the movies. I was fucking furious. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the comics, Carol is a huge Star Wars fan. And her cat right. is called Chewy. But right. I totally get in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Carol being a pilot, even that's what she is anyway. Um, they changed it to Goose because obviously, okay, what you call it? But yeah, I was very bitter about that change. Anyways, aliens. <laughs> Obviously, well, now we've got Prometheus and Covenant. I'm not a huge fan of Prometheus. Um, Do you know, I don't mind it in a sense of the actual aesthetic of it, like the look. I struggle. Idris Elba trying to do an American accent. Um, bad prosthetics. Really unlikable characters. Um, <laughs> just didn't get me on that one. Covenant. I, I really like because it feels like an alien movie again. The I only can't the team. See, the only like thing that. about that that I couldn't stand was if you're going to do an alien movie and you're going to get a female protagonist to come in. She's got big shoes to fill for sure because yeah. Sigourney. But why make her cry all the time? All she did was wail and cry, and and it was just like 
this kind of feels like it's undermining it to a degree for me massively yeah because i was always brought up sigourney you know ellen ripley was this action hard woman she could survive anything she never cried she lost her temper she could keep up with the men you know um she was this this figure to be reckoned with and then when Mm -hmm. they did covenant whilst the story fits great and the visuals are amazing i just hated the fact that they made the the is it daniels her name i want to say daniels i've only ever seen it once now we'll never get that time back and she just cries the whole time and it's just like yeah and and said it perfectly yesterday about ellen ripley he just went now that is the perfect feminine icon he went she's she's not scared to get dirty she's not scared to ask for help when it comes with the gun when she was getting trained with the gun he was like and he went well that's enough for now and she went no no we've started we'll finish like she wasn't scared to kind of like point out where she things she didn't know and he just says like there was she grew strength upon strength every time she encountered something it kind of made her stronger but you saw that progression um he says and then he he started to compare to some some other female heroines and just went no ellen ripney ellen ripley is the ultimate feminine icon her and sarah connor ripley it is it's great because yes it is it's completely exactly how to write a female character like that they mm-hmm. as much as she is masculinized in a certain way she's still a bit quite it's still a woman you still have the reference that she has a daughter at home that she's just wanting to get back to you get to yeah. the second one that obviously you know it obviously crushes her so she essentially pseudo adopts newt um very quickly i might i add <laughs> with um well, it's the, it's the kid she could never save. I know. She never got back, so it, it, right it was it back. was bad. It, it could have. Uh, yeah, it was always um, going to happen. But you've got romance with um, now. Dance. Well, all the way through every movie, she kind of has a has a fella in each movie. Um, she, I thought, yeah, get in um, when she when she got it on with Charles Dance. I was like, get you get yourself some. Did she? <laughs> Uh, so the first film, I, you know what, it always annoys me because this is the character's name I always forget. Is it Dallas? Dallas, Dallas the guy with the beard. Like, it's Tom. not Ash and it's not Kane. It's... Tom, Tom. Selig. Berenger. Yeah. No, the other one. It's Tom something um, and he, um... yeah, Dallas. That's the, that's the name of the character, Dallas. He is kind of subtly referenced to sort of be a partner while they're on the ship, whether it's just circumstantial while they're away. Um, but I thought she hated everyone. Tell there's, there's <laughs> something going on between the two of them. Um, it's nice keeping all that in. It's often now if it's hyper masculine. Well, now they're too tough for a man. They mm. wouldn't want children, a man, none of this. And you're like, well, no. Sometimes like you can still be tough and want to get be feminine. <laughs> it was the best of both worlds. She was tough and feminine. Her body at the end is ridiculous, mind. When she gets when she gets into her like when she takes a friggin' uniform off and she's just standing and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Well, like, no, my, where does I, your food go? I just went butt crack. Yes, I could not keep. I could, I'm, I'm a child. I'm such a child. I I just can't help it. I was like butt crack. My eye just kept going to it. I was like, my God, she's not scared really at no. all. But 
I just was like, where does your food go, lady? Like, there's nothing there. Oh, he looked fantastic. When she was cast, um, Ridley Scott brought in all basically the female staff to sit in on the castings. Right. So he would get their perspective whether it's the right woman they were picking. Um, and it's referenced the reason she's picked is because they saw kind of the same kind of thing they saw in Jane Fonda. Right. Like, That's the right woman. She can do this, but she she still seems like a woman. Um, yeah. It's not too far it's... one side that it's the yeah. bombshell um, old school space movie where if a suit gets cut, it only gets cut across here. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was. It's it's nice to see a a masculine, feminine kind of like, but not all the two were not overpowering each other. She is it's, lab- it's not the 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 main plot of her, or her main um reason for being there there's no like it's not a character um point that she has to drill home and let you know i'm just as good as anybody else yeah you know you just know she is from mm-hmm. the outset you don't even question it you're like yeah she can do it yeah. and for me i think if we're going to take any notes from this movie to pass on to the other movies if you want a strong female lead do not bleat on about how important it is for them to be equal in the movie. Don't even touch it. Just make them that from the yeah. outset. And it would be a much more successful character if mm-hmm. they if they took just that little bit of Ellen Ripley. Yeah. I, I don't really know what to call it, but that, that it's it, well it is be, but Sarah like Sarah Connor is exactly the same. Sarah O'Connor mm-hmm. start by she is and she isn't because she starts off she starts off as this very incredibly um not I would never call her weak, but very naive, vulnerable, very teary, terrified of her own shadow kind of person, to then realize what's coming. What do I do? How do I do this? Let's get this done. And she becomes fucking Sarah Connor. And it she's her and Ripley are just up there in just female, oh, love it, love it. But I tell you what I did really love, and I nearly cried when I saw it, was the scene in the third one when the aliens right up to our face. The most iconic, probably the most iconic image of Ripley and the alien together, I've got to say it, and I saw it and I went, hey, well. They nearly cut that. They nearly cut that scene. What? Mm-hmm. They, they didn't. didn't no, the studio were like, no, it's too aggressive. It's too something. They just didn't like how it looked. So they were like, oh, we're, we're going we're gonna to remove it. And then I think they did either, it was either a test, you know, where they get the people in to watch a test footage. Yeah. To get the reactions. Um, and it went down really well. And then what the studio did was say, you know, okay, we'll, we'll leave it in, but we want to make it very clear. We don't think it works. And it, then it became one of the most iconic images from the alien franchise full stop so if you if you think about any image of ripley apart from when she's in the i can't think of what it's called but that is the most famous image of ripley and that fucking alien is that right there and i lost my mind didn't even it didn't even cross my mind that she has a shaved head in that one and she shaved her head at the beginning um what was that oh no, I thought I had a fact about that, and I don't. Did you know she was <laughs> yeah, the first? Uh, always wear a wig because her kids didn't didn't like the fact that she was going around with a bald head. So it was like it was yeah. upsetting them to see her with no hair. So she, 
She was having to wear a wig. She thing. looked amazing with no hair. I know. <laughs> she but she's got a she's got a dorm that can pull off no hair. Yeah. <laughs> she was the first ever female to be nominated in an action role at the Oscars. Wow. So when they uh when Jennifer um Hunger Games decides to say she's the first ever female action lead. I think I she that. might she might need to rewind on that one because history says yeah, otherwise. Yeah. But yeah, I remember yeah. that, and I think a lot of people also reminded her as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was an interview she did, wasn't she? And she was like, yeah. "Well, you know, Katniss is like one of the first uh, like famous heroines in action, and you know, I really, really carried the torch for people." And it's like, "Bitch, it's Sarah Connor." Ellen Ripley, fucking Princess Leah, before you came along. Mm-hmm. You sit I, back down, Jennifer Lawrence. I remember I think, that. That wasn't that long ago. I think they get swallowed in their own Hollywoodness and then they just live in these bubbles and they forget yeah. that other bubbles exist. But did you also know Charles Dance's part of Dr. Wren was originally written with Bill Murray in mind? <laughs> Oh no! What <laughs> the fuck? They wanted to reunite Sigourney and Bill after their chemistry over doing all the Ghostbusters movies. And I tell you how this came about. Joss Whedon wrote a treatment for Alien Three um, when they were trying to find directors before they settled on David Fincher. They approached like Peter Jackson. Um, another Peter, Peter Jackson reference. Another Peter Jackson. <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson, you know, Mr. Um, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, D- David Cronenberg was approached, which would have made the film, I think, Whoa. quite interesting. So that one would have been, I would have been intrigued to see that film. Uh, Danny Boyle of Train Spotting fame. So that Danny would have Boyle's been... good at, he's good at intensity. Like, um, what do you call it? Oh, God, I love this film. It's with um, Ewan McGregor, Christopher Eccleston. Oh, great. The grave one. Um, yes. I know oh. which one you mean. Yeah. Um, yes. He does very good intense intensity suspension. Suspension? Sus- suspense. 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 Um, oh, but yeah. Name. Also, the other one, it was it was just Wedden's treatment that had Bill Murray be in it. Um, and they turned around the studio and he was the only one they let write a treatment for this film. And they turned around and they went, no. No, this is too Buffy. We don't want this, and and literally they threw it out because, in they they just said it was too geared up for that audience, and they wanted something more along the serious, not serious lines, but more focused on the narrative of the story rather mm. than the laughs. And yeah, so Joss then boycotted David Fincher's movie because he said it was boring. If I can so- wasn't, <laughs> um, it's so. so- it's so weird, you see, about Bill Murray. If you've watched the live episode, which you should have by now, because we go out on Mondays after the live one, I had a groundbreaking moment when I, we were talking about Bill Murray on that as well. So Bill Murray has come up quite a lot this week. <laughs> so has Peter Bloody Jackson. He just keeps popping he back just up. Keeps, but I think he's managed to pop up in, we've done, this is number four, he's popped up in three of the four. I think the only one he didn't pop up in is Godzilla. <laughs> I'm sure he could have No, done. the Wolfman, because he didn't pop up in Godzilla. Yeah. Yes, so <laughs> he Peter Jackson is the real true star. 
of Monsters of North. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did you know? I've got oh. another one. James Cameron was the voice of the alien queen. You know the noises yeah. that she makes? It was James Cameron. Also, you can hear his voice at the beginning. You know where they're coming? They're trying to get Ripley out of the ship when they dock the ship in the beginning of yes. two. Um, that's James Cameron's voice that does that little bit of voiceover saying something along the lines of, we found her, we can't find a sign of life, Oh, uh, we can't do something with the ship. Something along those lines. And that's James Cameron's voice there as well. Is that because nobody was his friend and yeah. he didn't do it himself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy No Mates. Yeah. Oh, Billy No Mates. Um, no, there's some stuff on the first one um which i love like it sounds like when they did the first film it would have been horrific to work on it which is how <laughs> gross everything would have been because obviously Sticky. given the time they're doing it the sfx work that was being done a lot of it is food oh, oh no bits of guts no just to uh there's loads that are really funny it's like the face hugger there's there's an oyster in there to give the that bit then there's like bits of sheep guts and everything like that to make when they turn the face around they're like actually looking into it what it does oh mine That's doesn't look like that it's a teddy bear <laughs> um i think ash's head that's got spaghetti in there and i think nice. like onion rings as well it's like anything to give all this but it was the, uh, when i was reading about it it was the case of because obviously it's so hot as well that's gonna stink. Everything stunk on oh. set. Everything oh. was horrendous to shoot because they were just. It was like anything to get the hands on. It's like that looks gross. Use it. Use it. Chuck it I, in. I was curious if it was Ooh. milk that they used. Yes, I was as well. With one the... thing, only in one scene. The rest of it, it is just a. It's water tinted with literally a right. white paint. There is one scene, uh, and I think it is actually when Ash is coughing and spluttering it up on the table to get all that thickness as it's coming down they did attempt milking again the heat oh yeah Hello? Can't use that all the time because it stinks for so long as well okay. um, but really normal do... like obviously with being an old film of just yeah like, everyone, like in the like the food trucks are just like that would work someone grab that yeah, fridge and take it in. In there. <laughs> i tell you what i did like um with Bishop's design when the when he was in half or when he gets you, you can see his inside that his he has the the organs of a human but they're made out of tubes and like to look like what they are meant to be like he had like a spine but it was a tube mm -hmm. going down and I just thought that was so like attention to detail was br I really like Bishop as a character I thought he was such a good character. Bishop's just... one of my favourites. Like for me, um, Vasquez is my top all-time favourite character in an alien movie. Um yes. I had I... such a soft spot when I was a kid. Um, just the idea of Vasquez and like Bishop is number two for me. So I he... really do like Bill Paxton's character, but just because he has some of the best lines. Game over, man, came over. <laughs> did did you know he actually uh the word fuck is used 25 times in aliens? How many 80, times? 25, right? Mm -hmm. 18 of those was by Hudson. That does not surprise <laughs> me because he is he, he was very, very sweary, but he is he's he's also in 
Terminator as well. Keep forgetting about that. The guys who crossed all of the movies. It was Predator, Terminator, Alien, and there is one more. There was four major films that he hit kind of Twister. across the board. No. It was one um, of the, wasn't it like <laughs> Nightmare? It was, was it a Jason? It was a Jason, I think. It might have been, yeah, but it was, it was it one was, of those with this guy who literally anything iconic, Bill Paxton was there. Because um, he's, he's such an iconic actor. He's amazing. He guess the most that I am always devastated that I will never get the chance to meet Bill Paxton. Um, Do you think he would have done the convention scene at some point? He did. He did. Did he? Yeah. Twenty sixteen. The they did an alien cast reunion at London Film and Comic Con, and uh, that's wow. where I that's where I met Sigourney. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Bill there. Jessica was ready to come launch down the camera at you. But Bill, I, I saw him through like the cracks and I saw him taking his photo. Like you have in the, they have like all the, uh, at London Film Comic Con, they have all like the hard walls. They don't have like yeah. anything else. And I saw him literally standing in there and I thought, shit, I've got to go and get a ticket for him. And I didn't. I got distracted. Oh, and to damn. this day, I've seen him with my eyes. So yeah. I've got that. But yeah, yeah, I didn't get the chance to meet him. But I'm, I've met Lance and Lance, Lance loves my other half. He absolutely loved to meet Lance, honestly. I know he was meant to be at the Horrorcon before COVID and they've just never rebooked oh, him. Yeah. Someone please rebook him. Oh, that's how I saw Mark Hamill was because it's Star Wars Celebration, same kind of set up the hard walls. And as we were going into the official merchandising bit, he was taking photographs and we kind of like stood there peering through and it's like, that's enough. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, but- I've seen him. Every time we see Lance, we saw uh, my other half went and saw him at London Film and Comic Con one year. Uh, went and met him, had a long chat with him because Lance was just like really just wanted to talk about my other half's tattoos because he's covered. Um, and and it was like having this good conversation. Then we saw him at we went to Rhode Island Comic Con in America, and uh, we were walking past. And he goes, "I know you to my other half." And like, and come here, man, you're my friend. I remember you. And he he remembered Rob. And he had a massive conversation with Rob then. And then we saw him again at another show. And he's just become this running joke that I would say, oh, your mate's on telly. So it's just <laughs> like, friend. Uh, it's just like <laughs> this running joke about Bishop. So I can confirm if you ever get to meet Lance, he is one of the nicest people. Um, he was absolutely nuts at Rhode Island, though. He was walking around and he had a sprig of, uh, I want to say like cress or a four leaf clover coming out of his hair because he was sat next to one of the Pokemon voiceover that voice actors. And uh, she just said, put that in your hair. So he did and spent the whole weekend with this bit of something in his hair. I was just, and anybody, nobody questioned it. They just let it go. It's just like, oh, he does come across as a bit of a sweetheart. I remember I used to watch, um, oh gosh, what she called? She was just a YouTuber called Comic Book Girl 19. And she had him on as an interview. And I remember just being in awe of him. He is just, he's just got such a voice. Like you can't, you can't not help but listen to him. But I was very, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, that's why I think they did him dirty in Scream 3. I hated that storyline with Lance, where they made him the one that put um, um, Sydney's mum on the casting couch and he had these casting couch parties and he was the one that assaulted her and then she got pregnant. All that shit. I'm like, don't do. No one should do Lance that dirty. No, I don't That's like it. That's so long since I've watched Scream Three. I Same here. I, I totally <laughs> forgot about it, and then I was like, 
Oh yeah, that's the road that went down with that one. Yep. She and because it's Carrie Fisher. Is it yeah. Carrie Fisher? It is. Yeah, she's it's she's Carrie Fisher the... who's in the um in the she, oh god it's like room. A archive record's room. room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's just brought back some memories. I haven't watched Screen <laughs> Three for years. Because she says to her, doesn't she, when she goes down there, Gail Weathers, she looks at her and she goes, Eat, and she goes, don't ask. Everybody says we look alike. <laughs> it's like, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That just took me right, right back. I have not watched that for years. Yeah. Um, it's the worst one. <clears throat> have we got it? Yeah, it is. Have we got <laughs> any more factoids? Let's have a look. I did yes. have stuff noted down. Um... I think, I mean, we, you know what, because I just, I literally just noted like talking points. I was like, right, there'll be stuff I'll spiel off about this. Oh, yes. So the guy who actually uh, played the Xenomorph in the first film. Um, and how do you pronounce it? his name, Jessica? <laughs> I do not know. There was a gentleman who played. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll go with my one, Balaji Padeo. There we go. I would rather that than me butcher it. Yeah. <laughs> I've butchered it. You're welcome. I <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was you know i, I really like it because it's, it's kind of the boris karloff thing that they didn't know what they wanted to do with it mm -hmm. he was a graphic designer and he just happened to be the right body shape that they needed he's uh it's like he's six foot ten he's seven extremely skinny foot. seven is it really seven elongated. seven foot um it's like oh, this is the guy we'll get him in the suit um and yeah it, it's kind of sad because it's the only one he ever did it's the only one he, he ever did he, he, he um he, he just went he died jessica um he went back to nigeria in 1983 and went back to being an artist and then in 1993 he died oh. of sickle cell mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah oh, i'm sorry really jessica <laughs> that was one of my facts and it does say Sadly died in 1992. Oh. Shouldn't laugh. It's not funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but he, the, the reason I had him as a fact was because he was an uncredited actor. Mm -hmm. At least I think he was. It just said unsung actor. So I was kind of thinking, does that mean he wasn't credited in the first one? I think it's, he just wasn't really acknowledged. Um, right. Whereas some of the ones where it's like, we acknowledge the people under the suits, like, we know if it's um, Doug Jones, um, who's wants to give me Javier, who's done a lot of the stuff for um, Conjure and things like that. We know who the people are. This was a guy who was never really regarded. It was just which is which off, is, but not the person. Yeah, it, which blows my mind because in our first episode of Creature, we credit we mentioned the two actors who were in the suit, but that is kind of like a very proud part of Creature is these are the actors that were in that suit. Why they wouldn't do this on here when this guy is walking around in a black rubber suit. I mean, later but on, Ian White played one of the Xenomorphs and mm -hmm. Ian White has also played, I think it was 1-1 one -one in Game of Thrones. Oh my good god, I, I actually walked uh, as well I, as the mountain as well. He is one of the mountains. He's three. not. No, that's not him. I Which met him, kind mountain? of. <laughs> oh gosh, no, not the mountain in the near the end. It's something no, like no. 
it's um it's definitely one one he was at nerdfest he was sat at a table right next to us and everyone i uh, i should have gone over and talked to him but me being the big chicken shit that i am didn't but he walked past me and i nearly had heart failure <laughs> Ian White, he's about seven foot two. He's a giant. Um, we we when we did Showmasters at Newcastle, going back the last time they were there, which was about five years ago, he was signing there, and my other half got him to sign one of his aliens. He's got like um all these blister packs, and he bought it back, and I I just thought I didn't know his name was Ian White because it was one of those things where you're just like, like you say, you never have been made aware of mm -hmm. the actor playing the part same with the predators you only know jean-claude van damme was almost there almost there because he was a naughty boy um but other than that we've got a predator episode coming up let's keep that one for that one because <laughs> i don't i was <laughs> but, just about to ask questions <laughs> but yeah i mean from the point of view of that it's like i i had no idea so had he have not told me that's who he was i wouldn't have known and it it's, it's sad I, I yeah it really bothers me when oh it's, huh. to me it's just if anything it's, it's more work than what some of the actors are doing because they're not having to sort of act against them in these horrendous costumes where mm -hmm. there's no there's no speaking they aren't given any sort of like so here's the concept of who you are it's like can you just like basically chase that person down for yeah me? you go from they point really a to point b out themselves mm -hmm. um so i really don't like when we get monster actors that do not get acknowledged for what they've done yeah I totally agree. And what's really set, obviously, particularly with the guy who um, has played, did. That's still making me kind of sad, actually. I'm so uh, sorry. <laughs> it was a long time ago. She just ripped that plaster off, didn't she? She went, ah, really did. that. <laughs> um, it's when you get the first one, it's because that is the one that is po possibly has the most personality of all of them. Yeah. That's the one that is out to do something it's kind of pulls the first one they're all just kind of like say like more um animalistic yeah what I'm looking for. this is the only one that seems to something's going on in there it, it's aiming for something is it um, the is there only one on in one is there only one alien because in two there's fucking hundreds of them but there's only one so that is a lot to put onto an actor there is just one of you that's it mm -hmm. whereas in the second one there's there's quite a lot um from what i remember that scene on the roof that really freaked us out i did not like that um so i i think it's really shit that they can't give the these actors the credit that they are due because as a creature fan we know that that's not the case that that isn't that that isn't how it's done with them they we're very happy to say this look this is our creature there's two of them um well that is shit but yeah sorry sorry to ruin that he's you know he's dead <laughs> it was 92. it's a year after i was born shut up jessica sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Did coming you... back on now <laughs> next week's guest um <laughs> They were going to have a ride at Disney called yes. the Extra Terror Estrial Alien Encounter. But it they was had... called Alien Encounter. They had to put the kibosh... Yeah, they had to put the kibosh on it, though, mm -hmm. when it got the R-rated um, 
cinema ratings because they yeah. were like it's far too adult we can't have this it's a family place we've got I, to let the families i have been on it um alien extinction and it literally is just a you sit down in a room and you've got all these seats and you've got like this big massive dome in the middle of it and you get the you're not going anywhere but you have things that go over the top of you and they're quite heavy like really heavy that sit on the top of you anyways big show goes on alien in the tube holy shit alien breaks out lights go off completely off and you have this fucking alien walking around you mm-hmm. walking on your shoulders breathing down your neck little like whooshes going past you my sister was in hysterics there was kids crying their Amazing. eyes out adults screaming to get out Amazing. it was horrific and i'm sitting there and the worst part of it is when i'm scared all i have to do is shut my eyes and put my fingers in my ears and i'm fine and i'm okay i couldn't even get my hands to my ears because of how heavy this thing was on you you couldn't physically get into my ears and that's what's scared i had to listen to it all and it was horrific i think they took that and then they applied it to some of in 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 stitch well down in london (laughs) they have a place called the trocadero Mm -hmm. uh it's shit now but when i was younger it was like a big um i want to say arcade but it was more than that it was like every arcade game you could possibly imagine it had um one of those towers where it takes you up and drops you in and it was all inside and in in this was in leicester square just off of leicester square and um they bought the alien encounter to there they built a lift and the ride was you got in the lift and um it dropped you um and the alien would burst through and get into the lift like an actual person dressed would come through the back nope. they had animatronics the full boon lights would go out you got the hissing and the everything yeah. um but you had to be if i remember rightly you had to be over 17 or 18 to go on the ride full stop there was no exceptions and i wasn't old enough when it came so i was so gutted i was absolutely gutted because i remember it being on tv and being advertised and everything and i was like I want to go on that so bad but when i i was i think like i said i think i was only about 15 16 when it came out or they they did it and i was so gutted because i still looked about 10. i was one of these kids that couldn't pass for an older person Aww. given love no money and it was like i just all my friends would have easily got in but i knew mm-hmm. i wouldn't so i never tried and to oh, this day i was like yeah. i just wanted to go on that ride even yeah. if you go on uh youtube now you can look up the videos of people that went on it I'm going to have to to see that what it's like because the the one I went on was absolutely horrific. How <laughs> Disney thought they could get away with that for as long as they did was ridiculous. I even can tell you where it was. It was in um, the Futureland and it was just as you walk in. It was on this side. It's now changed to or it did change after that straight away to Lilo and Stitch. So it was Stitch who got out instead of this big giant scary ass like this was this was designers who would work with aliens like this this that's where they were heading with it and they came up with this in disneyland 
the Imagineers really outdid themselves that they day. They really, yeah. really did. And they but got it past people, though. It got made. If you go on and watch it, there's a um, there's a YouTuber who goes back over old rides, and it's like the history, or even just any rides, really. And it's the history of the ride that's on there. And it is terrifying to look at. You cannot believe that when you walk out of there, the mouse could potentially be standing in front of you. <laughs> Because if you don't think you're in fucking Disneyland anymore, I can't really? express how terrifying it is. It really was bad. I no, didn't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> Do we have any more factoids before we wrap this bad boy up? Did I did I say that they took the voice uh, that the alien noise is derived from a baboon? I can't remember whether I said that or not. No, you didn't. But I love oh. the fact that you brought this up because I really found that when we did it on Godzilla, yeah. I love that. Go on then. Yeah, it's they, they basically took the call of a baboon and they decided to put it through a treatment. So they put it through like um, vocoders and harmonizers and did this weird thing where they, they used it to make it more shrill than it is and longer. So, yeah. So next time you um, hear a normal xenomorph go, yeah, it's because it's a baboon. I love the noises that they make so that <laughs> good. i love the fact that i know it's a baboon it's kind um, of the Jurassic park thing where it's um tortoises having sex yeah. what <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> i didn't yeah. know that yeah kind of takes the magic out of it but yeah a little bit <laughs> not, as, not, not as much as the godzilla little, one like, did <laughs> squeak they do is like technically that's what that's what tortoise sounds like when it's going at it it makes that noise Amazing. The only last one that I had was the main weapon for a xenomorph xenomorph is their inner jaw. It's capable of shooting from the mouth like a piston with power to blast through bone and metal. Grim. Absolutely horrific. How many mouths did they have actually? Because they've got the jaw, then they had the one. Did they have another one or was it just that? Was just, it just the one that came just, out? Yeah, just the two. So the normal one. Uh, uh, I don't think uh, the Queen had three. I think the Queen had two, like all the others. She was magnificent to look at, mind. It took 14 to 16 puppeteers just to move her. You uh, know, like you see in that scene where yeah. she's about to drop the egg sack because she's pissed she's just set fire to her babies. So it, it took 14 to 16 guys to puppeteer to make it look like it was uh, starting to come. That's how big that was. That she, I mean, that's crazy to me. She looks, do you know what, when I think of sizes of things, it's like I can't get my head around the fact that the T-Rex the in Jurassic Park was a genuine big size. Like, I cannot, it, it makes me, it, it's almost like I'm in wonder of it. So looking at that, I'm kind of like, holy shit. And I can tell that's done by puppeteers. You can tell when things are done by puppeteers. And she looks so fucking spectacular because of them puppeteers <laughs> she looks amazing well it's the stan winston school again so you know you look at stan winston and his history of all of the sfx like mm -hmm. um the practical effects work he's done just for iconic characters in general i mean I, i'm not i haven't got the time to sit here and reel them all off but he is iconic in mm -hmm. in in the characters he's created you know so he he sits above i mean i love savini so yeah. don't get me wrong but stan winston paid the way for people like savini to get into the game and, yeah 
you know um it's but just, i don't it's... i don't think savini is above himself that he would never or even anyone in makeup would ever kind of like the know where they came from well, I unless you, I bud westmore <laughs> bud westmore <laughs> Fuck you bud westmore <laughs> second week in a row <laughs> It's becoming a theme now. Just don't take credit for other people's work and you'll be fine. Yeah. Bud Westmore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jessica, we don't like Bud Westmore. I remember from the Monsters one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's been brought up three times now. <laughs> It'll be in next week's, I'm sure. I don't even know what next week is. Uh, um, one of two. One of two? Yeah, uh, we've had two different rundowns for next yes, week, so I'm not I, sure which one it is. I, I changed it. It is. <laughs> All right, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know which one it is now. Um, so we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. Yes. Get yes. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us, everyone in the chat. Um, basically, our whole Discord group, you guys really are the best on a Monday night. This is going up an hour earlier because it is a bank holiday so it's going up at six o'clock on monday and um, by now you've already seen friday's episode of star trek and sunday's live not so live pre-recorded episode all about roger rabbit um and this is out on monday so dan's links will all be down there jessica any info from you that'll all be down in the comments right down there down there <laughs> and Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, and thank you to everybody that came to Newcastle Comic Con. Yes. Thank you. Because this, this is the future. No, we are. The... Yeah, it will go out in the future of today, but yeah. the Comic Con will have been in the past, just like Back to the Future. And I might be Marty McFly, but I probably am more Christopher Lloyd. We we but go through. Um... I will be crying in pain on a train on my way home from the con. Well, you're talking about Jessica. You've already done it. It's already happened. <laughs> We're the future. Baby. <laughs> but yes, you can find all of our socials um, down below. Please remember to like, share and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we are also now on iTunes and Spotify. So if you can... Go and give it a rating, give it a like, and anything that can help the algorithm and help other monster fans find us. It's been great chatting with you ladies about Xenomorph, Xenomorph, <laughs> the Morph, it, <laughs> XM, as he now got called later on because I couldn't be asked to keep typing it. So, yeah, it's been fun. Next week, next week is the Invisible Man. <laughs> hey! And I believe Jessica's back. I am, yes. A long way. Graham's <laughs> <laughs> back on next week's episode. Kiwi! So, yes, so you'll get Graham on Friday with his Star Trekking, and then you'll get him on Monday with us. How much fun. All the Graham. It's going to be great. So, again, thank you, everyone, for watching, and stay nerdy, everyone. Bye!